0: That's 833995 gold. 833995 GOLD. Megan Kelly is here tonight. Liz Wheeler is here tonight. A country music star is here. Low-T-G-O-P stuff. We even have a smoked queso recipe. All that and more is coming up on I'm Right. All right. I know about the Jack Smith presser. I know about the indictment. And I've known about this, just like you have. This is stuff we've talked about. So I'm not being dismissive of it. We'll dig into it probably more tomorrow and throughout the week as we tear through the details of everything and just how much trouble Trump's in. But we're not, we're not going to let them decide what we talk about. We're going to have a talk about the COVID restrictions that are coming back, about a COVID reckoning. Now, to new COVID concern this morning. Now, the number of people testing positive in hospitals appears to be ticking up. Stephanie Ramos is here now with a reality check on what those numbers mean. Good morning, Stephanie.
2: Hey there, Michael. Good morning. These days, it's almost impossible to tell how many COVID cases there really are. The CDC has stopped keeping track, and most people don't report their cases anymore. So, the best way to track the virus is counting people who test positive during hospital admissions. And that number, while pretty small, is on the rise.
0: Notice that little bit at the end there? That number, why it's pretty small, it's on the rise. What does that mean, on the rise? It sounds scary. Well, they just said it's a small number. That means it went from five people to ten people or something like that, and it's pretty much nothing. But how is it presented to you? Well, it's presented to you on Good Morning America as being on the rise and I just just want to point something out and I really really want you to hear me on this because we had a stress test under COVID the people in power putting those restrictions on us that was a stress test they wanted to see hey just how rebellious are these people and they liked what they saw they liked how agreeable we were they're going to do it again they enjoyed it they're going to do it again I mean, they're even telling you to wear masks again.
1: I would just keep people on alert that when you're in those crowded spaces, think about the costs and the colds, and sometimes many people don't even have any symptoms. A mask can be your best friend. Keep it private. Back in time, we have had them in our pockets, in our coats, in our backpacks. Time to bring them out again, especially as the school season starts. We don't want to see kids missing school for things that we could have prevented.
0: See, this is, this is one of the main reasons I call for a COVID reckoning about people being held to account, including journalists, for what they did last time. You see, we have never had a reckoning. None of these people have been shamed. None of the people who intentionally lied to the public have been sued, arrested. And so all the people, all the bad guys from last time, they still think they're the good guys. And because they were never punished, they're going to do it again. These people are going to do it again. Remember, they loved COVID. Normal people, you, hate me, we hated it. They loved it. It was a dream come true for these people. Joining me now, I can't wait to hear what she has to say about this. The great Megan Kelly, journalist and host of the Megan Kelly Show, which I love on Sirius XM Triumph Channel One Eleven every weekday noon Eastern Time. You can also find her on YouTube. Everyone watches Megan Kelly on YouTube now. No one watches me on YouTube. Megan Kelly. Megan, they're gonna, they're gonna do this again. They are.
1: Why are all the people who push mask mandates unattractive? I'm sorry. It's not (laughs) coincidental. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. I held it in for three years and I'm just going to say it now. You never have like the very attractive man or woman saying, bring back the mask. (laughs) It was the great equalizer. And they want it back, Jesse. It was. And the answer is no, it's not going to happen. I don't think we'll ever do it again. But you're right. We do need a reckoning. It's one of the reasons why it was so great to see Rand Paul this week saying Anthony Fauci should face criminal charges for lying to Congress about no gain of function research, meaning research that would make the virus more dangerous or more contagious, being done at that Wuhan lab. And now we know as of February 2020, Fauci put it in his own hand, writing... They're doing gain-of-function research in Wuhan. So he lied. That's It's all about accountability. That I talked to Ron DeSantis last week. He, of course, was in the midst of these battles. He's been saying the same thing. Why is every other politician just ready? I, I realize that we as a public want to move on, but we have to have accountability. Otherwise, these lunatics on the left who loved it, as you point out, will resurrect it.
0: Megan, is that the problem? Is it the public? Is it because people, and I understand this, it's a very human thing. When you go through something crappy, you don't necessarily want to relive it or relitigate it even. But is that part of the problem? There's not a huge appetite with the public to figure out who lied, who did wrong things. There's not a huge, you know, people don't want a reckoning like I do, like you do.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. If you look at the polls, COVID is like not even on there in terms of its importance. And even when you word it in terms of accountability, people are like, move on. I do think it was so traumatic for such large segments of the population that they just can't. It's like, they can't go back to it, you know? Um, Every year on our birthdays, we play this game, Rose, Bud, Thorn, where we look back at the prior year, we say what our rose was, what our thorn was, and then the upcoming year, what's our bud? And this is like the thorn of three years and the American people can't even look at the thorn. They only can do rose and bud right now. They're still dealing with the trauma but they must because that thorn's gonna come back. These lunatics, as you point out, had like a thing for it, like a fetish for all the COVID mm-hmm. porn. And the rest of us just got dragged along for the ride and our kids got dragged along. And now we find out every other day that there was a bad faith behind so many of the decisions. They knew that they were lying to us when they were lying. It wasn't just misguided good faith mistakes. Uh, It was bad faith. So in a criminal courtroom, in a civil courtroom, we would hold people accountable. And in the court of public opinion and and politics, the same must happen.
0: No. You you brought up Rand Paul, God love Rand Paul. This was Rand Paul talking about the Fauci thing.
2: But as you'll recall, when Anthony Fauci came before my committee, he said absolutely he funded no gain of function research (laughs) in China. But we now have an email from him where he describes the research they're doing and says, you know what? We are suspicious of the lab because we know they are doing gain-of-function research. He describes the project, but the project he described is the project he funded. (laughs) So everything he's been telling us from the very beginning has been a lie. We've documented that it's a lie, and it's a felony to lie to Congress. And so I've referred him not once, but now twice to the Attorney General of the United States for prosecution.
0: Yes, And that brings me to my next question, Megan. He's been referred to Merrick Garland. He's been referred to the most political attorney general we've had, at least since Eric Holder, maybe maybe ever. So we all know that this case is going to get dropped like a hot potato, isn't it?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, There's no interest in going after Anthony Fauci on the left at all. I mean, I just moved two years ago from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. There are literally Anthony Fauci superhero dolls in the street corners, Uh, Stores there in the libraries, in the kids game stores. They're right next to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Michelle Obama. I'm not kidding. That's what you get when you go into these pockets of America. So no, I don't think there will be a criminal prosecution. And I don't think the left is ready to let go of him. I mean, they've deified this guy. And and it's so much worse than just him lying to Congress, right? It's what what it strongly appears to be, and what the former head of the CDC, Robert Redfield, said this week, is they caused the virus. That's been a bridge very few were willing to cross. You know, we've we've proven that gain of function research was happening at that Wuhan lab. We've proven that the United States was funding it. Um, Anthony Fauci knew and lied to Congress about it. That's what came out uh, with his latest mail that Rand Paul is jumping up and down about. But now you got the former head of the CDC actually making the link. And I know the rest of us have speculated, but he's saying, I'm telling you, it looks very much like the virus was caused by the research we funded in the Wuhan lab. That means Anthony Fauci should be the scourge of society. When we say we funded, he, he funded it. And he's gotten away with it with... I am the science and talking about the young people. You know, it's they clap and they love me. You know, it's not about me. It's not about Anthony Fauci. It's about the science. He needs to be disgraced. He needs to be dethroned. We need public opinion on him to change in order for any accountability to happen. And that's going to require the participation of the media who are complicit and have zero interest in going down this lane.
0: Yeah. And sadly, I don't think we'll get enough Republicans on on board that train either. Speaking of Republicans, I did want to ask you one more thing. You had a chance, well, you had a long sit down that was excellent, by the way, with Ron DeSantis. Here's a little clip of it. The federal government's COVID response was a disaster that hurt people, that hurt this country. We're still feeling the effects of it now with the kids who were locked out of school, the high prices. We would not have had the inflation that we had had they not done the Fauci lockdowns and the CARES Act and all this other stuff. So it was more in that context. So for the CDC and FDA, we will have doctor, PhD type, but they're gonna be people like a Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford who was right on COVID, not gonna be some
1: of these people that are just part of this revolving door.
0: Megan, you are famously not kind to politicians. I don't mean you're mean, but you you ask them hard questions. You probe, for sure. What was your measure of the man? I've met him. I've never interviewed him. But what's your take on him?
1: Well, I think he was far less socially awkward than I expected him to be, to be perfectly honest. You know, based on the clips that I'd seen circulated and, you know, what limited highlight reels I'd watched, I expected him to be a little stilted and maybe not that great a glad. Glad-hander, you know, like a social socializer. Easy for me to say. Socializer. Um, he was. He was actually quite charming. I have to say, one-on-one, I really liked him. He was funny. Privately, the night before, we had dinner with uh, the governor and, and Casey DeSantis and a couple of aides. And uh, he was funny. He was doing impressions. He was extremely knowledgeable, Jesse. And I walked away thinking, all right, the guy's 44 years old. He's young. He's vibrant. He said he would enter the office ready to spit nails, and I believe it. You know, ready to sort of go day one. He has absolute energy. But, you know, there's that's no n- n- nothing's going to change the fact right now or in the foreseeable future that he's got a 40 point deficit to the gorilla, the 800 pound gorilla. And that's Trump. And uh, unless somebody puts Trump in jail prior to November 2024, none of these guys has a realistic plan for getting around him. You know, I mean, one of my draft questions that didn't make the dance was, What's your plan to get around him? And is it named Jack Smith? And that's just, that's <laughs> the reality for all these guys.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's tough. Nobody wants to win like that. At least I don't think they do. Megan, you are the best. Thank you so much.
1: Great to see you, my friend.
0: You too. The Biden family, the Biden crime family, they're really, really, really corrupt. How bad is it? How deep does it go? Liz Wheeler is going to join us next to talk about that. Let's talk about your air first. The air inside your home. When you go to sleep at night. Where you and your family gather for dinner. When you sit together in the living room. You know you have viruses and mold in your air, right? It just happens. It happens. It's in the walls. It's in the carpets. It's in the pets. It's in in us. It happens. You know Eden Pure Thunderstorm will kill all that. I own so many of these things now. It not only removes all the odors from the air, cleaning your air, it kills the viruses and mold. How about cleaning the air in your home, in your office, where you sleep, where your kids sleep? These things, they sell three packs of them now, $200 off. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. All right? EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Kevin Archer testified yesterday, behind closed doors, of course, and we found out, well, a bunch of crap we already knew. Joe Biden was in on everything. He was in on 20 of these meetings with Hunter Biden. Of course he knew. He was deeply involved in the business. Burisma, that company that paid Hunter Biden absurd amounts of money to do nothing, they would have gone out of business without the Bidens, and Hunter Biden was pressured to get that Ukrainian prosecutor fired, and lo and behold, That prosecutor was fired. Amazing how many coincidences there are out there. Joining me now, my friend Liz Wheeler of The Great Liz Wheeler Show. And now, well, I guess she was already a world-famous author, but now even more world-famous because her new book is out called Hide Your Children. Highly recommend it. Liz, we'll get to the book in a moment. Okay, Devin Archer exposed things that you already knew, your audience already knew. Question is, what are Republicans going to do about it?
2: That is brand new information, Jesse. If only we had an idea about the depth of the Biden family corruption before Hunter's former business partner, Devin Archer, testified to Congress. If only we had known that Hunter Biden was a crackhead criminal selling access to the vice president of the United States before the vice president became the president. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We did know this. We did know this. And I think the question here, not to be too difficult on Republicans, just kidding, of course, that's what I like to do best, The answer to your question is a very cynical answer. It is the Republicans are going to do exactly what Republicans have done up until now, which is nothing. The Republicans in Congress don't want to fight back against this. They don't want to be unpopular. They're there to be comfortable. They're there to get power. They're there... I mean, it seems like they're there to bolster their stock portfolios. It's up to us, the American people, to hold the Biden family accountable. And here's the thing. I said this on my show today. Hunter Biden is actually my favorite person in the country right now because he alone, more than any journalist, any commentator, any conservative, more than any person in the country, he has done the most effective job exposing exactly how corrupt and how evil the Biden family is. Nobody could even touch this. I mean, you had people like Peter Schweizer write amazing books, you had the New York Post write an amazing expose about Hunter Biden's laptop. You had people like you and I talking about, well, that's shady that Hunter Biden had a one and a half billion dollar equity deal with an entity tied to the Chinese Communist Party when Joe was vice president and then Biden's position softened. We were not effective, Jesse. We couldn't do the trick. It took Hunter Biden himself to expose the level of this corruption. I gotta tell you, if Joe Biden loses in 2024, Hunter Biden should come out on stage at the Republican National Convention and give a big bow.
0: Liz, see, I'm glad you brought this up because you know I'm a cynical man by nature. I I can't help who I am. I'm a Kelly. That's how I am. And I look at how much trouble Joe Biden is in now. Look, this is very real political trouble. Doesn't matter what, what people say. He's in political trouble now, for sure. And I can't help but think to myself, Liz, that Republicans aren't capable of that. Democrats are capable of that. It feels to me like this is a Democrat push to dump old Papa Joe so they can bring in that slicked up Antichrist Gavin Newsom.
2: You know, I wondered about this theory a couple months ago because it would make more sense Mm -hmm. to me if I were a Democrat. I would want Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom is actually more ideologically to the left than Joe Biden is. Joe Biden's just a puppet. If I were a Democrat, I would want someone younger and and, and more dogmatic about views than Joe Biden. I don't think that this theory holds water, though. The way the Democrats are reacting to the Hunter Biden corruption tells me that they're perfectly satisfied using Joe Biden as a puppet. You listen to the Democrat, the one Democrat that sits in the House Oversight Committee, talked to the press after this closed-door interview with Devin Archer yesterday, and he was in charge, it was so obvious, he was in charge of changing the Democrats' narrative. Instead of Joe Biden's denial that I had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business, I'd never talked to my son about any of his business dealings, all of a sudden, this Congressman Goldman was saying, well, what do you expect? A father not to say hello to his son's friends on a phone call? That would be awfully rude. And I'm like, first of all, your son is not at a t-ball game. Your son is a 50-year-old crackhead dealing with internationally evil people here. And that's all that needs to happen in an influence peddling operation is for Hunter Biden to prove that he can get the vice president of the United States or the president of the United States on the phone. So those two dozen phone calls we're exactly the currency that Hunter Bob was selling.
0: Okay, that brings me to a question I didn't even want to ask. Uh, I can't wait to get to your book because I don't even want to talk about this, but we're going to talk about this. The personal side of Joe Biden. Joe Biden, everyone has seen it by now. There's a shocking amount of video out there of Joe Biden acting in ways around children that make it look like Joe Biden has a pedophilia problem. Sorry if that offends you, it is what it is. You don't touch kids like that, sniff them, nuzzle them, grab them. It would never occur to me to come within five feet of someone else's kids. He just can't, he can't help himself. Like he's got a new box of chocolates. And there was always this video, well, this rumor about a diary. Project Veritas is trying to confirm a diary, confirm that it was Ashley Biden's, because in that diary, Ashley Biden talks about some really horrific things that her father did to her, and this is Ashley Biden. Well, here's what she had to say.
3: At this point, and I don't mean to, I, I don't want to
1: have to get Secret Service involved in this, right, because it it's just is—it's a whole process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, I, I am Ashley Biden. It is my stuff, so if you could just skip all of that over, I'd really appreciate it. I know you sent a picture to my husband with a camera and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: a few other things that are mine as well. So that would be really great.
0: It's her diary, Liz. What's in it?
2: Something that the Bidens desperately don't want you and I to know about. I mean, the reaction from the Biden administration to, to this disclosure of Ashley Biden's diary is one of the most shocking things that's happened during the entire Biden administration. So the backstory of this very quickly is that Ashley Biden was renting a house or staying in a rented house in Florida, left behind carry-on luggage, which included a diary. Obviously the owner of the house, the landlady, looked at, at what was in this bag to see whose it was so she could return it. When she realized it was Ashley Biden's diary, she called the Project Veritas tip line and said, hey, I have Ashley Biden's diary and there's some pretty shocking stuff in this. So Project Veritas, being the journalists that they are, the credible journalists that they are, did their due diligence and tried to verify that this was Ashley Biden's diary, in fact, and not a fraud, not some trick that was being played on them. Ashley Biden confirmed that this was her diary and accused Project Veritas, or Project Veritas was accused, of stealing it. Now, of course, they did not steal it. It was given to them on their tip line. Project Veritas decided not to publish this. They decided to return it to law enforcement, which is the incredibly, a thing of integrity to do. I mean, I I personally wish that they had released it. I want to see what's in this. But what happened afterward is three Project Veritas journalists were raided by the FBI. I'm talking pre-dawn, banging on the door, you know, going through all your stuff, confiscating your phones and your laptops. Jesse, to this day, these former Project Veritas employees are under investigation by the federal government. They've had their Microsoft accounts, their Google accounts, their Apple accounts subpoenaed by the federal government and the federal government put a gag order on these big tech companies so that these former journalists didn't even know that they were being snooped on by the federal government. A judge has yet to rule on whether um, the federal government's allowed to crack into their phones and other devices for what? because they listened to a voicemail on their, on, their vo- on their tip line, and this woman said, hey, I found Ashley Biden's diary. Whatever is in that, let me tell you, would change the outcome of the 2024
0: election. Yeah, there's only one reason you would send the Cheka to the door of a journalist who possesses a diary that makes you look bad. You would only do that if it was all true and you were scared of it coming out. All right, Liz. Now, something else is true. 100%. I'm a world-famous author. I'm a world-famous author, and you are now going to follow in my footsteps, even though you absolutely have already published a book. But I just want to pretend like you came after me so I can be first.
2: Um, well, this is factually inaccurate, and I can tell you why. I have held this status for the past five years of a nationally best-selling author. I believe I taught you everything I mm-hmm. that you know. I think this is. There's video <laughs> evidence of this during the live signing event. Yes. I taught you exactly, you know, how to become a best-selling author, including how to pose in that in that photograph to look like a hybrid of <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and I. I don't know um, the Giants yes. and Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> my new book is out in seven ah. weeks. I can't believe it. So let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. It is one of my pet peeves, Jesse, when people announce a book and I'm so excited about it. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. I can't wait to. I can't wait to read this and then I go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever I'm buying my books and it's not out until next year so I kept my book a secret so as not to do this for people until just a couple weeks ago and it's coming out September 26th so go to hideyourchildrenbook.com pre-order this book now it'll be in your mailbox in just a couple weeks I'm incredibly proud of this book but especially the second half of the book I'm even even more proud of the second half of the book than the first half
0: why the second half Liz What, what gems of wisdom are in there
2: so the way that I structured this book is one of the things I say on my show all the time is if we refuse to acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we face, then we won't fight well against that enemy and we won't win. I want to win. I know you want to win. Everyone watching this show wants to win. So. You, have, you did the same thing in your book. You You identified the people behind some of these attacks. You identified the communists. I identified the actual literal Marxists behind the takeover of what I call our foundational cultural institutions. The left has unfortunately been very successful at capturing the media, the education system, religion, the law, they've just about captured the nuclear family. There's one element left standing in the nuclear family, that's children, which probably explains why the left is going after our children. So the first half of the book, I name the names of the people and the organizations who are are responsible for capturing our institutions, who are right now waging attack on our children. And then the second half, I propose a solution that I will tell you, Jesse, is different than the solution that the Republican Party offers for how we can recapture those institutions and protect our children. If we don't, I mean, we owe our children for the sake of their individual souls to protect them. But if we allow the left to capture our children, our nation is done. And the Republican Party right now is failing in their duty to protect our children, our families, and our country.
0: Well, the book is Hide Your Children. It's Liz. Go get it. Liz, thank you much. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Got some more culture war stuff. Got a country music star joining us next. Platinum. Maybe we should talk to her about gold, though. Look, maybe we should get her in touch with Oxford Gold. No, seriously, Oxford Gold Group. They will send you physical gold and silver coins, and I want to encourage you to do that. Now, they'll also get it in your 401k and IRA, and that's a no-brainer. If you haven't done that by now, you're on your own. But... Physical gold and silver coins. Everybody needs something. Something. Do you know that we've added $1.8 trillion onto the national debt just since they raised the debt limit? That was eight weeks ago. A debt crisis is coming like you've never seen. Get some gold or silver. You don't have to overdo it. Just make a a phone call. 833-995-GOLD. All right? 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. We'll be back. Try that in a small town. Everyone's heard of that song by now, Jason Aldean's song. The song's been out for a while, but it caused a bit of a stir recently because he made a music video of it, and he dared to include some Antifa slash Black Lives Matter violence in it. Just video footage of what they did. Apparently, they tried to cancel the guy, and the song went to number one, so he's doing all right. It all worked out for Jason in the end, but... Let's talk about this industry and backlash. And is it actually a good thing with a country music star, platinum singer songwriter, Raylan? Also, authored the book Raisin' Me a Country Girl from the Great Brave Books. Raylan, okay, as a singer, as a songwriter, you get stuck in controversy. Do you know what's going to help in the end, or is it still uncomfortable and crappy?
3: I think you just ignore it and move on personally
0: yeah uh is this something that that you've noticed infecting the country music industry more and more because that would be the one most people would consider to be more traditional if you're going to find an industry that has more traditional values you'd look at country probably first but are we losing it too
3: i don't think you know i feel like there's a lot of great artists still in this genre and you know, I think the, the biggest thing that we can do is continue to write great songs and put out great music, and um, the fans are out there. You know, the fans speak up when they need to, and the best thing that we can do is continue to write the music for them, and when you do that, you're always going to win.
0: You wrote a song called It's Happening Right Here. What's it about?
3: Yes, yeah, so I was a part of the Song it's happening right here. The song is about uh, the global just pandemic that we see with um, sex trafficking. You know, not a lot of people want to talk about the fact that human trafficking is happening all over the world, and it's happening right here in the United States of America and right in your backyard. And twenty five percent of human trafficking is children. And you know, I. I'd, I've known a lot about human trafficking as a kid. Like my dad taught me and my mom taught me like how to spot things because we lived in Houston and we outside of Houston and always had to be aware of your surroundings. But I didn't realize the, um, the seriousness of it until I met Tim Ballard, till I got involved with OUR and, um, and did this song for his documentary. So before he released Sound of Freedom, he released a documentary called It's Happening Right Here. And it's basically a, um, a documentary-style movie about just the fact that we are in it right now and how to see the signs, how to educate yourself, how to educate your children. And um, the theme song was the song that I did. But it's um, you know it's something that I think needs definitely... The, the more we talk about it, the more people are aware of it, the better and... You know, we just had somebody when we were, we we're outside of Nashville, but we just had somebody in Franklin, Tennessee, thirty minutes away, um, you know, messing with kids on his uh, soccer team. And the only way that they found oh. this out was they found all the footage on his phone on his phone because they he left his phone at a at a restaurant and they were trying to identify who the person was to give him their phone back. So we wanna act like we live in a perfect hunky dory world, but we don't unfortunately and it's important to understand and see the signs to be able to protect our kids and protect people, too. So,
0: Entertainment has been something people, at least on the right, have been dismissive of. They have not been dismissive of it on the left. They've embraced it. But people on the right have oftentimes kind of rolled their eyes at it all. No one cares what... Uh, LeBron James thinks, but that's not true. Entertaining is an important, it's an important part of a society, and it helps guide a society. It is a big deal if the music industry goes to crap.
3: I think it's important for everybody to be able to speak what matters to them, and I have been somebody, I'm unapologetically pro-life, and I'm unapologetically a patriot. My husband is a former Green Beret my brother um and you know I know that freedom is not free and I believe that that's something that should be talked about and when that becomes un-American to be proud of where you're from that gets a little scary so um those are things that I will always talk about but I also love being an entertainer I love being an artist I love writing songs I love country music I love country music fans like I wouldn't be doing this without the fans, and the fans are what make it happen. So, But I do believe that every artist is different, and we all have our different mission, and, um, and, you know, that's mine.
0: Tell me about this book of yours.
3: Yes, so I wrote a children's book called Raising Me a Country Girl, and uh, I was eight months pregnant in the studio, and I was like, what's the song that I want to end this pregnancy with before I go on maternity leave. And so I was thinking about a love letter that I wanted to write Daisy. And you know, if if I can instill anything into my daughter, I want her to be a tough, sweet, rough, hard headed country girl that and knows the importance of life and values and that's gonna wear a sundress and get it dirty. Like that's how I was I was the kid that was always in the backyard, drinking out of a water hose, getting dirty spending time with my dad, hanging out, going to church, hanging out with my friends, and I, am um, there's just something so wholesome and incredible about that life, and that's what I pray for for my daughter, and so when I wrote this song, I've always dreamed about it being a, a children's book, um, because, you know, just because you're a girl doesn't mean that you can't be tough and, you know, have a backbone and all those things, because I'm definitely a girl that has a backbone, and so that's what I really wanted this this book to represent were, were those girls that are sweet and tough and um, and have a song for and have a book for little country girls. So I'm very excited about this book.
0: I like it. All right, Raylan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. If only we had some elected representatives with some guts. We're going to go off on the low T GOP here in just a moment. Before we do that. Let's talk about the timeshare you think you're stuck in you're not you're not these timeshare companies they convince people that they're not allowed out nope nope sorry you, you should have read the contract you're in this for life pay your annual fees pay your special assessments but that's not true you have options your option is to call don't transfer they will legally and permanently get you out they even give you a time frame they even know how long it's going to take them your one phone call from freedom You're not stuck. Patronize a family business that loves this country. They've helped over 18,000 people get out. Call 844-310-2646. All right? 844-310-2646. We'll be back. You know what sucks? What really, really, really sucks? personal accountability. Isn't it the worst? And don't get me wrong, it's important. You want to be accountable for your actions. I need to be accountable for my actions. But isn't that the worst? I don't want to take responsibility for the bad things that happen to me. Well, for the good and bad things. I want to blame other people because I'm a human being and that's human nature. We don't like to look in the mirror and say, your fault. It hurts. But the truth is, That's where we need to look. When we're looking for someone to blame for most of our problems, we need to go find a mirror. I hear so much complaining, and I do so much complaining, about the low-T GOP in this country. You can't stand them. I can't stand them. Rhino this. and Can you believe this sellout? And Can you believe this traitor? But here's the truth. When it comes to things like the United States Senate, we have the 17th Amendment. What the 17th Amendment did was it made sure the people of the individual states would vote on their senator. It didn't used to be that way. The state legislatures would pick them. But now the people in any given state, they will go out and they will pick their senator. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Just hang on. So you're mad about rhinos. I'm mad about rhinos. Understandably so. I just saw a poll from Morning Consult come out. No one else watched it. No one else read it. It was one of the most disheartening things I've ever seen. Do you know why? Because our reddest states, the states that are blood red, the states that could be sending Genghis Khan to Washington to fight on our behalf, our reddest states not only have the biggest sellout loser turds as senators, our biggest states have the biggest sellout loser turds as senators, and the people in those states love them for it in the supposed red states. John Thune and Mike Rounds, they're both US senators from the state of South Dakota. South Dakota's 60% Republican. It's just blood red, absolutely blood red. And so this blood red state has two rhino loser senators, and they love them. Here's John Thune from blood red South Dakota, God's country, hunting and fishing, taking away your gun rights. In my state, they use them to shoot prairie dogs and, you know, other types of varmints. And so I think that there are legitimate reasons why people would want to have them. And I think the challenge you have already is that there are literally millions of them available in this country. Working with Democrats to reduce your gun rights. Of course you had to make it sound good. Here's Mike Rounds saying he's pretty much not going to support the nominee in 2024. Are you resigned to support whoever the Republicans nominate, even if it's the former president? Well, right now I'm hoping it's going to be Tim Scott, and uh, and if it's not, then I'm going to have to reassess because I've always supported the Republican nominee in the past. I hope Tim is the nominee. There are going to be some other good people as well, but I'm going to hold that back until uh, until we find out how Tim does. I'm well, going to support Tim Scott. I was Scott just going to say that the game. That does I think I think he's got a good shot. Blood red South Dakota. And let me burst your bubble on something else. Maybe you're sitting there saying this right now. And this is going to hurt. Sorry. Look, the mirror hurts. This is going to hurt. Maybe you're sitting there saying, well, yeah, they cheat. No. Do Democrats cheat? Yes. Are they cheating in GOP primaries in red states like South Dakota? No, they're not. The voters go to the polls and they vote for these people. Time and time again. John Thune just had a primary. He got 72% of the vote from blood-red South Dakota voters. We want to blame the low-T GOP all the time. Maybe it's time to start blaming ourselves. Oklahoma, just north of me here in Texas, believe me, we have our loser in Texas too, John Cornyn. Oklahoma is another one of these states that's totally red. God's country. Could you imagine the senator we could have from Oklahoma? Instead, this is one of the senators from Oklahoma.
1: We are also seeing now um, efforts to rename military bases across the country. The Senate Senate Armed Service Committee voted on that. Uh, This week we've seen leading voices like General David Petraeus saying it's time to stop having uh, military bases named after Confederate generals like Braxton Bragg. Is it time?
0: I do, actually. I think the right way to be able to do this is to be able to have a study, to be able to look at where the name come from, what, what do we need to have, to be able to take a serious look at it, and then to be able to transition. There are lots of great leaders, military leaders that are around the country, that are modern leaders, uh, that we can continue to be able to honor. There's the senator from the red state of Oklahoma helping the communists tear down your history. You see... We don't like to look in the mirror. We don't like personal accountability. And we like to do this on the right. I know I've done it. You're probably guilty of it. I know I've done it. We look at the blue areas and we blame them. Oh, this is New York's fault. Oh, San Francisco, you suck. Oh, these libs are ruining the country. South Dakota can't elect one decent senator. Maybe it's time to look in the mirror for all of us, huh? That may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. But I'm going to make you more comfortable in a second. I'm gonna paint a masterpiece for you. You want the greatest queso recipe ever? I perfected it over the weekend. I'm gonna give it to you and give it to you for free next. Now, don't give any of it to your dog though, because your your dog needs better nutrition than that. Your dog needs rough greens poured on his food. You see, dogs have too many health problems and they die too early. Why? They never get nutrition. People just give their dogs dog food. And people think, understandably, that there's nutrition in dog food, but there's not. It's dead. They kill everything in it. There is, in Rough Greens, all-natural nutritional supplement. The changes you'll see in in your dog. My dog doesn't have digestive problems anymore. He used to have them all the time. Your dog's breath, your dog's energy level, your dog's coat, your dog's joints. What would happen to you if you suddenly just got nutrition? Go to roughgreens.com slash Jesse for a free Jumpstart trial bag, roughgreens.com slash jesse or call 833-33-MY-DOG. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And you know, everyone who watches knows about my world-famous cheeseburger recipe. No, I'm no chef. I make one thing really well. Really well. Like the best cheeseburgers on the planet, everyone knows it by now. But there's been a little, a little amendment, an addendum to that. You see, I now make two things. Really, 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 really well. I'm about to teach you something. It's going to change your life. I'm about to teach you how to make the greatest queso ever. Now, I should clarify, I personally smoke mine. I put it on a smoker. Not necessary. If you don't have that, you can do this in the oven. The smoker will add a little more flavor, but don't worry about it. Are you you ready for the greatest queso ever to be the superstar at every party you go to? Here it is. You ready? First, Velveeta. You have to have Velveeta. I don't want to hear it. It has to be Velveeta-based. Go get some Velveeta, regular Velveeta. Second, your second cheese is Gouda. Get some cubed Gouda cheese, right? Those are your cheeses. Set them aside. Go to the meat section, get some chorizo. Chorizo, you need chorizo. Set that aside. Get one small can of diced jalapenos, one small can of crushed chipotle peppers. You'll you'll have them in your store, trust me. Crushed chipotle peppers. Head over to the produce section, not my favorite section. Grab a little thing of diced onions, freshly diced onions. All right, so you got the peppers, you got the cheeses. You got the chorizo, head to the soup aisle and grab, depending on how thick you like your queso, one or two cans of cream of mushroom soup. Just trust me on this, right? Go down to the temporary foil, the the, the temporary tray section. You'll have the little foil trays. That's what you need. Go home. Cube up your Velveeta. Throw it in. Gouda, in. Onions, in. All of them. Pickled jalapenos, in. The diced jalapenos, in. In. the the crushed chipotle peppers in brown your chorizo dump it in both cans of cream of mushroom soup dump it in put it on your smoker or oven at 225 for an hour don't worry about mixing it don't mix anything up just throw the whole thing in there for an hour 225 after an hour go back pull it off It'll be melted enough that you need to mix the daylights out of it. This is an important step. Mix and mix and mix and mix and mix until every part of it is all together. Back on the smoker or back in the oven, two hours at 225. Pull it off. Buckle up because you're about to go to Flavortown. Thank you, Guy Fieri, for that term. All right? All right, I'll see you tomorrow.